Good evening and welcome to All Else of Pumar Takes. This is our 233rd take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. We've got a first-time guest that I've been so excited and so looking forward to interviewing, and today is the day. You guys won't want to miss this. This is going to be some great, insightful, journey-seeking wonderfulness into the tobacco industry of one of the company's most storied brands really do appreciate y'all for tuning in tonight so but before we can get things started of course we have to thank the people that make this show possible and that of course is our sponsors and tonight's show is sponsored by juro estate Drew Estate is honored again with their collaboration with our good friends over at Cigar Dojo. The new Drew Estate's Undercrown Dojo Dogma Maduro celebrates Cigar Dojo's 10th anniversary. Yes, they have come up with a completely different Vitola to celebrate the 10th anniversary for our good friends over at Cigar Dojo. So they just had the release party just this weekend. It was announced back on November 18th's broadcast of Cigar Dojo Smoke Night Live. Drew Estate announced that they will begin shipping the all-new limited edition Undercrown Dojo Dogma Maduro this weekend and it's happened already you want to check it out uh they had the party at uh, the opening party at smoke Inn in boynton beach and it's only for selected purveyors so you want to check it out 10 years ago cigar dojo was born a unique platform where cigar smokers all over the world can enjoy a fine smoke together says founder of cigar dojo eric Gatormson. and to celebrate this monumental occasion, we are once again partnering with our good friends at Drew Estate, and we created a very special cigar that represents who we are, what we stand for, and why we love this culture. Like Cigar Dojo itself, Undercrown Dojo Dogma is a cigar created by Cigar Levels Lovers for Cigar Lovers. So congrats to our good friends over at Cigar Dojo and our good friends at Drew Estate for putting together an amazing project. Check out your Drew Diplomat retailer today and see if you can get the Dojo Dogma Maduro celebrating Cigar Dojo's 10th anniversary and welcome everybody this is our 233rd take and without further ado we're going to introduce tonight's guest sponsored by united cigar smoke one today and start living united mr steve abbott of general cigar stuff companies steve how are you doing tonight sir bear thank you so much i'm doing great and i really appreciate you having me on the show and, and congratulations on uh 233 yeah, I, 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 every week it, the number gets bigger and bigger. It's, it's it, that it doesn't decrease. It's weird like that. So, <laughs> so it's, 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 it's crazy. That it's been two hundred thirty-three, and I remember, uh, I remember on Cigar Coop Primetime one forty-nine, where you uh, were uh, interviewed by my good friend, Will, my good friends Will Cooper and Aaron Loomis, and and I knew that I knew during that show I really wanted to get you on eventually. So thank you, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence tonight, and looking forward to a great conversation with you. I appreciate it. And, you know, those guys were real. I had a great time with uh, Aaron and, and Coop. And um, so I'm I'm really happy to be here and, and talk to you and um, have a have a have a fun time. It's, it's, it's going to be a good time. We're going to be talking about great cigars, including a, a fantastic story brand uh, for you guys over there at General tonight. Um, but we want to kick things off with like just kind of a little bit of an icebreaker here. I, I you know, with it being the holiday season, I've been kind of enjoying, uh, kind of going, taking trips down memory lane with folks and stuff like that. So if, um, you know, Christmas time in the Abbott household, um, what did that, what was, what's your, one of your most favorite memories from, uh, from your childhood, uh, Christmas times? Oh man. The uh, time I think when uh, my brother and I, we had to been, we were little and, uh, my parents heard the noise about that. We woke them up about three o'clock in the morning because we were down there unwrapping all the presents. Uh, 
You didn't even wait for them. No, I think, you know, we just didn't know. And so we were down there tearing into it. And, uh, you know, we had to, we had to go back up to bed and, uh, finish it, you know, at the proper time in the morning. But, uh, that was one of, that was one of the, uh, that was one of the memories that I have for sure. That was brings me back. Good times. Yeah. Luckily my kids never did that. They were always late sleepers. So, you know, and in fact, they're uh, a little bit older now. I have to pry them to get them, get them going. Well, speaking of childhood memories, this is my son, Jeremiah, and he decided to Hi, <laughs> open the show. This is his, uh, this is his <laughs> Elfos Firmware Takes deba- debut, actually. He usually comes awesome. in pre-show. He lost his front tooth. Today? Oh, that is now. awesome. When I was trying to birth my teeth, I just yanked it out. You just yanked it out, huh? Wow. <laughs> That's quite the grin you got there, buddy. Good job. One of the oh. front ones. Yeah, it was the second front one. He finally lost it. Well, good job, bud. Way to just go in and get after it. Awesome. I, it was no, I was flossing, and, and then it accidentally the floss accidentally caught my gum mm-hmm. on that little pillow too, and it and it just pulled it on out, huh? Popped no, right out. No, <laughs> it made it really loose, like just so it like it was like. Just like, this is a riveting podcast content, by the way. <laughs> well, well, that's good, Jeremiah. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard kids swallowing their teeth. Yes, you know, so that's good. That's good that it came out. Good stuff, buddy. High five. Great work. That's true. All he needs for Christmas now is his two front teeth. <laughs> it couldn't. It couldn't have been planned any better. Love you, son. Yeah, it is a song. You're right. <laughs> Never a dull moment. It's fantastic. Well, there we go. <laughs> they said uh, this is lively. This yes, says, this well, is lively. I mean that uh, two hundred and thirty-three episodes, Steve. He's never made an appearance. I mean, that's. I mean, that was just for you. I mean, that's that's amazing. Special. That's amazing. Good <laughs> so, <laughs> stuff. Well, I, I mean, I know my son has a, a favorite memory now, but uh, I. So you, I'm sorry. What time was it again when you guys decided to bust out the presents early? It had to. Be, it had to have been about three in the morning. So oh, I don't know if you ever tried that trick or your kids ever did that, but uh, it's it, it definitely we were undisturbed for at least fifteen minutes, you know, just tearing into the presents. It um so so my the living room area or what we call what most people in the world would call the living room we we actually gathered in the den in mm-hmm. my house. It mm-hmm. was and it separated the rest of the house, which I mean wasn't very big, mind you. It was like twelve hundred square foot home. We had three bedrooms, and um that part of the house is separated by these I, I can't remember the style of door but basically like not quite old west because they went top to bottom mm-hmm. uh, and my dad learned to bungee cord them so on christmas he would always bungee cord <laughs> so the kids couldn't actually get through yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we never got up that early or at least it didn't feel that early but i remember getting up early and trying to uh my brother and i tried to bust in there once and it didn't it didn't work out first the, bun- the bungees held the bungee yeah. cords held yeah, so that's awesome, man. I I did not, uh, yeah, I did not have ever have to use that trick or uh, or or encountered any bungee cords. So, uh, but that would have worked, I'm sure. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Steve, I can't again. I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to you about uh, one of the most storied brand in the sh- in the general portfolio. But I'll learn a little bit about your journey along the way uh, because you know you've got you've got a very very storied. Uh, 
past in the tobacco industry too, which is pretty cool uh, to learn about. But before we get things started, I know you won't be joining me tonight, so I am quite sad, but I'd love for you to pick my cigar for me. I've got a few uh, choices for you. I've got uh, plenty of the cigars in the M uh, line, you know, the M uh, coffee, the M dark rum, et cetera. Uh, which is one of the dark rum is one of the new ones, of course. And then I've got a couple of, uh, I guess you would call more traditional cigars that you guys have released. Macanudo's had a very busy year this year. Uh, yeah. The latest addition to the Inspirado line, the Hiamo, uh, which we'll talk about later as well in more uh-huh. detail. I have the Macanudo uh, 1868 Vintage 2010. And then the latest one that was just announced a few, I guess a few days ago, which is the uh, Macanudo uh, a state reserve Flint Knoll uh, barrel aged uh, in French oak barrels. So I have that yeah. as well. So yeah. What, so what would you like me to smoke this evening, sir? Well, I'd love I'd love you to try the uh, the newest one, that Flint Knoll, the uh, state reserve Flint Knoll, aged in an oak uh, French oak barrel. Uh, I was hoping you would pick this one. Thank you so much. Um, but I was looking forward to any of them. I've I've had the new Inspirado, which is really uh, really good as well. Um, but I was really anxious to try this one too. So good stuff. Um, well, fantastic. Um, have you, have you smoked quite a few of these? I have. Yes. Yeah, no, we, we, this has been a process that we started back. Uh, the, I think the, the final blend selection was done around um, January last year. And uh, it was um, down in uh, uh, Arizona. We were on a sales meeting uh, it was actually Justin Andrews, and I remember you saying you you've you you've crossed quite a few paths with Justin Andrews. He's he's part of the uh, the team here on my side. Um, actually, Matt Booth was there too, and I know Matt Matt's been on the show recently. Yes. Uh, so, so Matt was there, and and we were smoking um, two blends, three blends actually, and this was the the one one that came up as the winner. So. Um, well, terrific. Yeah, the blend. I mean, the blend is. I mean, it's got some outstanding. I mean, there's a lot going on because I mean, obviously, Flint Knoll is the famed uh, Napa uh, winery. Um, and yeah, uh, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just a little bit of history on this one. Um, so we partnered with Flint Knoll Winery, and it's it's a winery. It's a it's a small boutique winery. So, you know, we could have gone to a bigger guy, you know, uh, and, and, and work with somebody a little bit more, um, maybe uh, more of a brand, you know, more of a household name. But we really, uh, we, we, we stumbled upon Aaron Michaelis, who is the proprietor at uh, Flintnell Winery. These guys are out of Napa. It's a small boutique uh, winery that does high-end um, small batch uh, wine. So we were, we were like, Hey, we've got, you know, a big brand with Macanudo partnering with a small batch winery. Um, there's gotta be something interesting in that story. And the, the other thing that really draw drew us to the, uh, kind of the collaboration was Aaron's background in the cigar business. So he actually, he's a Kansas city guy, um, and, uh, really cut his teeth in the cigar industry, worked in the shop, um, kind of through uh, college and um, and has always been a cigar lover and then and then kind of went on to do wine. So we knew that partnering with him, we'd get the, uh, you know, kind of the ideal results. And so we used his uh, French oak barrels that uh, he used to um, rest his Cabernet blend right. in, his Cabernet blend. 
and we took uh, tobaccos and um, and aged them in those in those uh, those oak barrels, and it just brings a, a you know kind of a, a unique nuance to the cigar that that you know we smoked it with and without, and there's definitely something there uh, that kind of brought out you know that that French oak and a little bit of a uh, you know the, those French oak barrels are charred. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, also you can very pungent when you can smell that, that red wine, uh, smell, uh, from, from the, from those barrels. So, uh, you know, interesting collaboration. We're real happy how the cigar turned out. Yeah. I mean, I'm just taking a few, I, I mean, just a couple of the first puffs off of here. And I was really excited about this blend in particular, just because, I mean, there's a lot going on, um, with, uh, this particular blend and like, and I mean, some really, really interesting tobaccos. I mean, it's got an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper on there, which is yep. no stranger. I mean, that's, that's Macanudo's bread and butter. Right. Um, but you guys amp it up with a broadleaf binder and then uh, some, um, some excellent tobaccos all over the place in the filler. I mean, we've got Nicaraguan from Jalapa, Dominican Allure and Peloto Cabano and yep. Brazilian Matafina. Yeah. I mean, it is a true international blend. And then the fact it's topped off, it's aged in French oak barrels in America. I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. A lot going on. So, so kind of a complex blend, but you know, on the milder side, because we really, we didn't want to overpower this, you know, the, we didn't want to bring out a really kind of a medium or medium plus kind of cigar and lose that those nuances of the, of the French oak barrel, you know, too much of, uh, too much, I think, uh, body or, you know, too much strength would, um, I, we felt, we felt would, you know, hide that and mask it. We wouldn't, so that Ecuadorian, um, Ecuadorian, uh, Connecticut, you know, really lets the, 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 the uh, the kind of nuances, uh, in that, that blend, that complex blend kind of come forward. Well, I'm, I'm in, just a couple of us in. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. So it comes in two Vitolas. You, this is the, I'm smoking the Churchill, which is a seven by 52. And then there's a six by 54 Toro. And those are the two uh, Vitolas that it comes in. Now uh, this is part of, I, I mean, several, um, well, not several, two others that I'm can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I guess barrel age blends. You had the, the Weller, uh, the 2002 yeah. uh, Cohiba partnership. Correct. The Correct. Buffalo Trace, uh, uh, Special F Macanudo as well, um, which was, uh, um, and so, I mean, that's, uh, or excuse me, was, I'm sorry, was it the Buffalo, so Buffalo Trace? Yeah, yeah Buff Buffalo Trace was done by the Cigar International guys mm -hmm. up there, uh, so we didn't really have much to do with that blend, but. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the other one that we do is the whiskey, uh, you know, from a general cigar standpoint, the diesel whiskey uh, row, right? Whiskey, yeah. And we, we actually learned there was a lot of that again was Justin Andrews working with AJ Fernandez. And, um, you know, we learned a lot of, um, uh, of how to age, age that stuff, you know, age the tobacco, you know, and, and how long and, and, and what, what parts of the, um, you know, what, what, uh, what, which tobaccos do you age in that barrel? Um, and so, uh, we took that learning and we applied it to this project. 
Well, I, I was really excited about, you know, I've smoked enough cigars with the, you know, American bourbon barrel age stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, there's a lot of sample of that going around. Um, yeah. You know, Perdomo has been doing it for 20 plus years, obviously, but then a lot of other special projects, you know, have come pretty much come out the last few years. Like you mentioned, the whiskey rose, which is one of, I love, I love the whiskey row partnership. Cause again, you talk about these big brands or this big company, partnering yeah. with little ones and you know a rabbit hole sorry i mean it's 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 gotten some notoriety in the last i would say two or three years uh, but it's still as popular as it is among bourbon folks it's still relatively small i've been to the distillery uh, oh, yeah. in louisville yeah. and it's yeah it's 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 not very big um yeah um but it's it's uh they put out some of the, the finest bourbon out there so it's it's really cool that uh, you guys are partnering with the big and the small and you're and doing some experimentation, like with the French oak barrels. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. And exactly why we picked, um, like I said earlier, a Flint Knoll. And uh, actually I got an opportunity to go out there to Napa and uh, walk the, uh, walk the, uh, you know, vineyards and uh, look at the grapes on, I'd never, I'd, I'd been out to Napa maybe 15 years ago. And, uh, but this was a whole different you know, looking at it through the lens of winemaking and then cigar making, it was uh, it was really interesting. We got, grabbed a lot of video content, and um, it's amazing what you know these guys can do with drones now. You know the uh, the, the the videographers, uh, but we were uh, we got we got a lot of time, and, and uh, actually uh, Aaron Michaelis um, fixed this dinner on his back porch. He's got a beautiful home that looks out onto the wine, you know, vi- uh, another uh, vineyard. And uh, it was, it was a really good, good experience. That's uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm like I said, um, I'm enjoying this. We'll, we'll kind of check in with this, uh, this experience that I'm having in here in a few minutes and everything. And while we get on to uh, tonight's major point, which is always brought to you by our friends over at protocol cigars. Um, to power uh so tonight's major point is brought to you by the people yes cigar people people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times well maybe it is but behind the fun is a motivation uh for service a motivation for giving back from the original protocol blue to the latest release in the lawman series phoebe cousins protocol has always been about honor passion and yes the people it's what their life's work has been and always will be about power of the p protocol cigars so steve i was really looking forward to having you on the show and I've, I've been wanting to interview you for a while for a number of reasons one we could explore i mean we could spend hours talking about the entire portfolio that you have a hand in in uh handling over there at general cigars and i certainly but i uh, but i think also more importantly is is also talking about your your journey um now before we get into your professional journey when you got into the tobacco industry i do i do i i told you about this before the show i have to nerd out of the fact that uh, you are a william and mary alum uh you went to uh, uh william and mary which That's is right. uh which uh you know this but the rest of the world doesn't and this is why i can do whatever i want on my show and nerd out about things mm-hmm. like this it is the oldest university uh in this country and everyone's like no that's harvard which True, Harvard was completed before William and Mary, but William and Mary's plans were actually in effect before Harvard University. So take that. But- yeah, you know, it was it, it was a real great experience uh, being at William and Mary. You know, you, you it was so rich in history, and you you just walk around. 
Um, if you've ever been there, you know, it's right next to it basically butts up to Colonial Williamsburg, which, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know the full story about that. Maybe you do, but the, is that the Rockefellers that, that, uh, that took that place and, and really turned it into to what it is now? Uh, there is a story behind the whole Colonial Williamsburg, that foundation and, and, uh, and, and how it's kind of rejuvenated. Uh, I don't think it was always like that, you know. Uh, just a few years ago. No, it's uh, I'm I'm not sure the the people behind it, but I I remember it was big this big initiative that I kept reading about how they were going to be going to basically putting it back on the map, and it was it was something mm-hmm. that um, like I said, I visited William and Mary when I was a senior in high school, which was you know over 20 years ago now at this point, which is terrifying to think about, but <laughs> um, but it's uh, I mean it's it's still a beautiful city, it's rich of history. I mean Virginia itself is just a wonderful state, and uh, and just a uh, a gosh, it's just a, it's a, it's a beautiful city in general and everything. But, uh, I, uh, I mean, it's the, I mean, I mean, I do know it's the world's, it's the world's largest, uh, you know, basically colonial settlement still that's, that's active. Like, I mean, yeah. people live there and, and it actually it's, you know, it's not like every, um, you know, it's not like a fake, you know, you know, the, well, they're still cool and everything like that, but like these, like these fake villages and towns and ghost towns that they have set up throughout the country and everything like that, that uh, they kind of pay homage to, to different stuff. This is an actual living and breathing community and everything. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty cool how, how they, um, you know, how it was all put together and everything. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd encourage anybody who's, you know, even slightly interested in history and in particular that kind of period history. Um, it's just fascinating to go there and and see what they're doing and they keep they preserved all the the techniques uh you know the the candle making and all that kind of stuff you can go and watch that and and uh they have people in period costumes running around it's just it's like being back in uh you know that time period and it's just it's fascinating and so, so being being there in school you know in college you kind of you know as, as a you know 20 something you, you you probably don't appreciate it as much but I definitely going back to it, you know, and, and reunions and things like that. Um, it is just a beautiful and that, you know, I, I'm partial to Virginia because I've been here for maybe, I don't know, 20 years now, but uh, uh, Virginia in general is just beautiful. And that part of Virginia is, 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 is pretty astounding. The, uh, the, you are correct though. The Rockefeller, uh, the rock, the Rockefellers were the, the philanthropists behind the rejuvenation of it. Um, that through comment through me, because I, I, I was thinking about the history of it, and it was actually a a, a preacher there uh, for the for the uh, the local church that had that that was kind of the force behind it. He had this; he was the one that, and he shared it apparently with the Rockefellers, and hmm. the Rockefellers were the ones that they were the money, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they they put it together and everything. So it was, uh, but I have his name here. It was the Reverend Doctor W A R. Yes, that spells war, but those are initials. W.A.R. Goodwin, and he was the rector of a Bruton Parish Church there in Williamsburg. Wow. So. Yeah. The man behind it. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. Um, and most of, I feel like the most of the state of Virginia, though, I feel like, and I, I don't know, it might just be a romantic because, you know, I don't live there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel like the entire state is just gorgeous and, in general. It's just a beautiful, beautiful state. Well, well, what's really interesting and ironic for, for us, um, 
you know, General Cigar, you know, part of Scandinavian Tobacco, our offices, uh, up until about two years ago, we, we recently moved down in the tobacco, uh, tobacco row, the tobacco, the old tobacco district of Richmond. And so, you know, the James River, Richmond is on the James, and basically the ships would come up the Chesapeake Bay, all the way up uh, the James River. And essentially, Richmond is that kind of a fall line. So there's there's kind of uh, rapids and the, the boats can't go up any further than that. But um, right where we are is where the ships unloaded all the tobacco. So there's crazy numbers of old warehouses that have um, since been converted to apartments, townhouses, condos, et cetera, office space. Uh, and we're in that. And so, you know, we're kind of we're kind of going full circle here on uh, Tobacco Row. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, you obviously, I mean, you obviously love the state and you lo- and, and I know that you've been there for, you were even there before, were, did you, uh, before you got into working with Swedish Smash, which we'll get into in just a second, mm-hmm. have you, I mean, did you ever leave Virginia after you graduated from William and Mary? I did. I did. I, I, um, I grew up in Northern Virginia and then, uh, was in, um, Kentucky for a little bit, Atlanta, uh, Oregon and Pittsburgh most recently. So, uh, working for, Mainly consumer product industries. Like I was work uh, Del Monte, Fruit right? Del Monte, Heinz, Fruit of the Loom. So you know, uh, so yeah, a lot of uh, women's underwear when I was at Fr- Fr- Fruit of the Loom, <laughs> and uh, dog food and dog treats at Heinz uh, uh, and Del Monte. Okay, wait, not just any dog treats. Like let's let's put let, let's let's give you some credit here, Steve. You worked on the campaigns for Scooby Snacks. And pepperonis. I mean, I mean, sausages. Don't forget sausages. Sausages. I mean, if you're going to put your name on, you know, something in the dog yeah. treat world, I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's some pretty epic stuff. There. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. My dog loved it because I used to bring home gravy train. You know, the one where you stir, you add the water and stir it. And uh, I don't think it. You know, I'm not sure it was that great for the dog, but he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so how does, okay, so I have to. I have to ask, like, okay, you just talked about this wide variety of, uh, you know, industries that you like companies that you've worked in. And I know you're yeah. in marketing, so it's not like yeah. you went from making women's underwear or marketing women's underwear to making cigars. That's not what you do, but, <laughs> but like, how, how did, how do you apply? Like, how do you, apl- I mean, I guess you can apply anything to anything, I suppose, but like, I mean, that's, th- those are some pretty distinct, different Trumps within the spectrum of, of things, yeah, of, of, yeah. you know, I mean, how do you apply principles from one thing to the other? Or, or are you constantly learning in order to well, do the best? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good question. There's a lot of learning, obviously. And there's a lot, there was a lot of learning in the cigar business, because as you know, there's not a lot of, there, there's some, there's some things that are very obvious, but there's, some things that are very confusing, the standards of, you know, you know, Vitolos can be two, you know, two different sizes, but call, be called the same thing. You know, uh, um, you, you have all the different tobaccos and, and uh, processes and stuff like that. But uh, so there was a big learning curve for me in cigars, but um, you know, in marketing, it's all about kind of listening to, you know, who's using the product and what they want and, um, and then applying some basic concepts to that, you know, 
uh, in you know product price promotion and place you know so those are kind of the at least how I learned it is the um, four P's of marketing and um, yeah it's uh, so there's some kind of basic concepts you can kind of use and um, and 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 a lot of it's a lot of it's project management, you know, getting something through, you know, the system, you know, you, you, you find an opportunity and then you, how do you bring this opportunity to life? You know, you work mm-hmm. with a, you, you know, what, what is the, how, how are you going to tell the story? Right. So, right. you know, cigars are all about, I, I wouldn't say storytelling, but there's a lot of rich stories behind you know, these great blends out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's gotta be more storytelling than like, you know, say some of these other, these other products yeah. that you probably mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So those are like minutia stories, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, what kind of dog, you know, treat or something do you, you give your dog? That's a very min- minute story, right? There's, there's kind of a, you know, uh, but uh, in cigars, it can be very robust and it's a, it's a great industry. I, I love being in the cigar industry. Not only do I enjoy it, uh, but, um, you know, it's just so, so much fun um, from uh, not only from the people who are, you know, participate, but, uh, you know, just the brands and the history and all the all the fun stuff, that we, you know, that we get to we get to do. It's uh, it's ironic that you're using the word fun because that's actually going to come up here later on in the show. I have a question planned around uh, around the funness of the mm-hmm. job. One last question, just about just applying the different things that you've learned in your career, Steve, just because it, it, for me, it's just fascinating. What's something that, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, so I apologize, but what's something that like was a principle that may have worked in other industries, but didn't work in the cigar industry or didn't work. You can reverse it. I don't care which one, you know, that didn't work, but is a, has been successful for you in the industry itself. I mean, you can flip flop, which whenever you want to go. Well, you know, I think when you look at, um, a lot of products that you buy in either the supermarket or in, you know, stores, there's a lot of information on that stuff, right? There's a lot of like, um, they call it, you know, like when they, when they, you know, you go and use your loyalty card in the grocery store or, you know, they, you scan, uh, your, um, you know, your can of corn or whatever it might be, all that stuff's being tons of data, and in those industries, in the cigar industry, there's not a lot of that information, right? Because you're, you know, you're kind of dealing with, um, you know, uh, people who, you know, have you know, tobacconist and small shops, you know, yeah. Proprietary information too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it's just not as, um, there's just not that data, you know, that you would, you would, um, and that you would see in some other industries, which I think is really one, it's refreshing because it means that everybody's not tracking everything. You don't have loyalty cards that you're going into, you know, your local tobacconist and, and they, you know, they're sending you then coupons and things like that or whatever it might be. But um, uh, so there's a, there's a lot more, I think, uh, kind of intuitive marketing, you know, listening to um, sales, salespeople, listening to the, the store owners, listen to, you know, cigar smokers in the lounges um, and versus, you know, kind of going back into some sort of data, you know, uh, book or log or report. Um, so it's, it's refreshing because it's a little bit more 
I think uh, a little more personal, personable. Well, terrific. I, I, I mean, I dig it. I, I think, uh, and that's that's what I uh, I do on this show too, Steve. Uh, is just like there's certain things that I find interesting that may or not, may not be interesting to my audience, but I, I have an audience, so I guess they're interested in it, yeah, <laughs> one way or another. But um, I, I found I found your background incredibly incredibly fascinating. To say nothing of the fact that when you did get into the industry, you came in with Swedish Match. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I mean, it's not cigars. We're talking about a different, I mean, and it's a, another, again, a very large company within itself. But were you, now, this is where I always get confused and uh, apologies for it, but um, Scandinavian Tobacco acquired Swedish Match, correct? Not the so, other way around, or um, was it the other way around? Actually, it, actually it was I, kind of the other way around. It was, um, uh, the so, so Swedish Match owned General Cigar, and then they um, they spun it, spun it off and um, and uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group kind of got into it at that point. Um, so in 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 my memory's a little foggy, even though I kind of lived through this, it's still a little bit foggy. But um, but yeah, it was. Swedish own Swedish match own general cigar. Right. And then kind of when they, when they spun that, that business off, that's when Scandinavian tobacco kind of got into the mix. Um, So, and then Swedish match fully divested and Scandinavian tobacco was left with uh, general cigar. So when you came into work for Swedish match, like tell, uh, I mean, talk a little bit about that role and what that experience was like and which ultimately led you to the premium cigar industry. Yeah, you know, I I came in. I was working on uh, moist snuff, smokeless tobacco, right? And um, and I was doing some stuff with uh, General Snooze. So the Swedes uh, have a tremendous amount of people over in Sweden use smokeless tobacco, but they use Snooze. And I know probably a lot of your listeners have you know have seen Camel Snooze or maybe even General Snooze out there. But General Snooze is kind of like the the market leader in Sweden. And um, so they were launching it in the U.S. And so I was part of that effort to launch General Snooze in the U.S. And kind of during that time, um, the General Cigar guys were on the same floor. They were, you know, they they we were on this side of the building and they were on that side of the building. So I'd always run around. I'd run into these guys. I'd ran it. I've run into like, you know, Michael Giannini. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo because Swedish Match owned, they actually owned La Gloria Cubana before they bought General Cigar. So Swedish oh. Match, yeah, yeah, they owned, they, they bought, I think to get into the cigar business, they, they bought, um, or premium cigar business, they bought um, Ernesto's uh, business and then, then kind of got into General Cigar. So, uh, but I'd see those guys running around, um, in the office and they they uh they take their cigars like the sample cigars that they they didn't need and they leave them in the break room for you know anybody to take and that really that really kind of uh piqued my interest and uh so i grabbed you know grabbed a few brought them home and tried to figure it out ask some of the guys you know you know you know kind of how to how to how to smoke you know cut light smoke um got a humidor and sort of the rest was history, you know. I just I got um, I, I I just was fascinated with it, and um, 
a couple of years later, you know, the, the company split and I was, I, so I, I remained at Swedish match for a couple of years. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to go over to general cigar. So they were, you know, a different company at that point, but I, I still knew a, a bunch of the guys that were there. And so it was an easy transition and, um, just really loved the, the industry, the premiumness of the, of, of the, of the product, the luxury as, aspect of cigars, again, the storytelling, you know, whether it's who, who blended it, who made it, how they made it, where it came from, you know, what's in it, what are all the combinations of, of tobaccos in it? You know, there's just so many different avenues you can go down when, when you, you know, and then, you know, the fascinating, like how many people need to be involved to make one of these cigars. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so it was just a, it was just a, um, it was just a really, um, you know, an industry that I was, that I was fascinated in. And so um, I've been here now for uh, since 2014, maybe. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's eight years, what's that? eight years, I guess, uh, but it's going well. I'm, I'm really loving it. Awesome. Um, the, and, and when you joined up with, uh, I guess, General Cigar at this time, what, uh, now another mainstay in, in, in the marketing world in, in, in general has been Ed Lehman, who's done some exactly. incredible work. Was he now, uh, again, I might be mixing up the order here. He, he was with General prior to your on, coming on board, but you guys worked at the same, I guess, in the same building on the same floor all those years, right? Yeah. He started a couple months after me. When I so I started Swedish Match, he started General Cigar a couple months later. So I, I kind of knew him, or or you know, kind of bumped into him in the in the hallway. We didn't really have much contact because we were doing different stuff. But um, and he went to App State and Virginia Commonwealth, so you know, you bet, I mean, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, Ed's a great guy. I work with him very closely um, now and have been since. Um, you know, really since, you know, I've been involved with the, with the company. So he's a great guy. He's one of our, uh, he's one of the creative, um, you know, inspirations there at, uh, at the company. So has a lot of great ideas and, um, is just a wealth of information for, for everybody here, for everybody on our side. So I, I know we're going to be talking a little bit more about Macanudo tonight specifically, but what, what is, what are the brands underneath your purview? Is it, are the, is it all of them? Is it a, yeah. Title? So, so about a year ago, I was, I was promoted to director of um, marketing for um, General Cigar. So my responsibility is every, all the premium handmade cigars in the U.S., all the marketing for all those. Um, and, um, and so under that, we have a portfolio of, you know, maybe 15, 18 active brands that we're actively promoting. Um, and there's, there's more that, you know, are, 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 are out there, but um, Macanudo. Now I, I've had direct responsibility for Macanudo uh, since 2016, maybe. So I've been fortunate enough to kind of gone on this journey with Macanudo. Um, you know, kind of this. We've we've really kind of tried to um, uh, invest in Macanudo and bring products that uh, that people really find interesting. And, and so we've just really over the last, what is that? Um, that's six years, I guess. Um, six years really tried to focus on bringing uh, 
products that made people think differently about Macanudo. And um, so that's one of the, the, you know, and we could talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but, um, but you know, there's Macanudo, uh, there's CAO, uh, Cohiba, you know, the Cohiba, the Dominican, obviously the Dominican, uh, uh, we, we make Cohiba now in Dominican, Honduras, and Nicaragua, different depending on the blends. Sure. Um, but um, uh, we've also got the Punch, um, Partigas, Ligori Cubana, Diesel. Hoyo de Monterey. Yep, yep, Hoyo uh, de Monterey. Um, we've also recently, you know, started to bring out some interesting things with uh, with kind of a, a partnership with Matt Booth and Justin Andrews uh, with uh, Sancho Panza. Mm-hmm. Some, some kind of reimagining of that brand, um, Los Tados Deluxe. Uh, which is a, a great cigar, cigar that's getting a lot of um getting a lot of, getting a lot of buzz right now. Yeah, and um, there's a few other ones there that uh, I probably forgot. Oh, Bolivar, uh, El Rey del Mundo. Again, a couple of these brands that we've kind of gone back into the closet and um, and and started to revive a little bit because we think we think that the the cigar lovers are going to be interested in some of the things that we've got to to do we've we can do on these brands i remember smoking the el rey mundos when they were wrapped in that tissue and it just mm-hmm. like the oiliness of that wrapper just like see through those tissues and stuff i just love yeah. that it, yeah. they were they're, they're really still in those tissues yeah they're still in oh those. you're still yeah. doing that that's great that's great it's a real old school yeah it's a real old school look and a kind of a, a real classic kind of honduran uh, profile and just great cigars, you know, and pretty easy on the, uh, on the wallet too. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of brands in there in that group that are part of, I guess, what we would call forged. So you're, Correct. you're, you're over both general and, and forged. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. Well, um, like I said, I know we're going to get back into Macanudo. I want to talk about that a little bit more in detail with some of the recent projects you've done. But uh, uh, we're going to shift uh, this part of the show to a couple of our what I call our fun categories. Uh, and uh, don't worry, uh, Steve, I know I'm, I'm catching you off guard, but this is a multiple choice question. But this is our uh, United Cigar uh, presidential trivia segment so uh i told you i have a huge history buff and my good friends over there at united cigar uh decided to partner with me on this segment so uh this segment is of course brought to you by united cigars featuring lagiano havana distributors of jose dominguez bandolero garofalo and the highly acclaimed atabay and byron lines and now the alfonso lines from selected tobacco smoke one today and start living united now um Steve, this is, uh, like I said, a great opportunity for me to bring out your alma mater, which is uh, no stranger to presidents. Three presidents uh, attended William and Mary, actually attended classes. Here's the trivia part. There was actually a fourth president who uh, is affiliated with William and Mary, although he never attended a class. And that, of course, is our first president, Mr. Uh, uh, George Washington, who never attended a class at William and Mary, but he did receive a license. From the College of William and Mary. And what did he receive that license for? Was it A, tobacco growing, B, general agriculture, or C, surveying? That is your question. Okay. This is going to be a guess here, Bear, because you're, you're, you, 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 this is a, this is deep. This is going deep into the history book. I'm going to go C, surveying. That is correct. That is correct. I thought I'd throw you off with the tobacco farming. I thought that would be a little on the nose, (laughs) but, uh, um, but that is, that That, is absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, I knew he was a surveyor and, and I, I remember reading that from the history books, but uh, I, I didn't know that he got it from uh, William and Mary. So there yes. you go. You learn yeah. something every day. Yeah. He never attended a class. Like I said, like Thomas Jefferson, uh, John Tyler and, um, and uh, uh, Monroe, James Monroe were okay. all uh, alums of the, uh, of William and Mary, but uh, um, yeah, Washington never actually attended classes. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um but I, so this kind of I wanted to spin this off to an interesting question about we were talking William and Mary. What was the class at William and Mary that you took that seemed like fun? Here's the fun part coming back, and we have more of it later. Uh, but you you regret you regret taking. <laughs> and I took this. Uh, so I I I was I'm I really like art, and I took several art classes um, when I was there. I was close to doing a minor, and I probably should have done a minor, but. Um, um, I took this class called Intaglio Printmaking. And I don't know if you've ever um, heard about this. It's an Italian print printing technique where you take a plate of metal and you, I think you put um, different, um, uh, you, you can kind of put different coatings on there and then you drop it in acid and it, it, it kind of eats away where you didn't put the coating on. So essentially you do these kind of layers of acid dip uh, to create a, um, a, uh, a picture, a print, like a print plate. That then, cool. then you put it, then you put ink on it and you print it. And man, I found that so hard. It was, it was like <laughs> the stuff that I, you know, I thought I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a, like not a decent artist, but I, I could, I was happy with some of the stuff that I did. In this class, it was just garbage. Everything I produced was uh, like very um, elementary. So I just like, I think that was my last art class at William and Mary. But um, anyway, I, I, I definitely regretted taking that one. Um, it's funny. My, I, I tell you, you probably could tell us something about that uh, is my, my brother in law, who's a, he's a print artist. That okay. was his background too. He does photography and then he does art for, it's, and then my, uh, my, that's how him and my sister know each other. My, my sister is actually a registrar at the Whitney Museum in New York. Wow. That's um, cool. Yeah. She worked at the Met too. I love throwing that out there. She obviously got the brains in the family. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but that's really cool that you, uh, that you, art was kind of thing. I tried art too. I tried art history uh, and yeah. uh, for my sister and it's one of the hard, uh, one of the hardest classes I took in college. So we have that in common. It was a regret yeah. for both of us, but yeah, uh, but at least you got hands on with it. It was hard, but it, you, at least you were kind of hands on with trying to do it. That's cool. Yeah. What yeah. What about art fascinated you enough to, um, um, I guess, almost get a minor in it? You know, I I, I just have this kind of um, knack to create. You know, and um, and it's just kind of it's just a knack that, uh, or not a knack, but just kind of a a, a desire to. And sure. so I just find. Um, if I'm not doing something like that, whether it's a home project or, you know, um, playing a guitar or something, um, it just kind of eats at me a little bit. So I think that this mark, you know, marketing and getting into, you know, the product development side and the, and the story side of, um, of what I'm doing now, it just really suits my personality because it kind of, it scratches that itch. That's that's cool. So when yeah. you were, well, I, again, I know I, I keep going back to your, uh, your, your university and everything. What, what, um, there, I mean, 
we I mentioned the three famous presidents, but I mean, there have been a lot of you know a lot of famous politicians in our country's founding, and but even so, on into modern times, and then a couple actors too, uh, Glenn yeah. Close, uh, Scott Glenn. He's one of my favorite character actors of all time. He went to William and Mary too. Was there anyone that you went to school with during your time that has kind of gone on to more, I guess, more celebrity? Uh, Let's call it celebrity. um, Yeah. The um, uh, Mike Tomlinson. No, Mike Tomlin. He played one. Yeah. He played actually a year after I graduated. Uh, He was was in 91. I was a class of 90. Uh, so I'll go ahead and date myself there, but um, uh, yeah, there was a, a few few guys that um, n- no no uh, home runs like a Glenn Close, but um, uh, right before my time was um, the uh, the stand up uh, uh, guy, and I can't his name is escaping me, um, but uh, he had a talk show, um, uh, and I, it'll come to me at some point but he, he was he was a famous guy right before my time okay um my my unfortunately my knowledge of william mary is mostly around politics and history so i'm <laughs> lost i do i do about scott glenn just because like i said he's one of my favorite my favorite character actors and everything but uh, yeah um and then and there were i mean there were a couple of you know some uh um i mean some some baseball players i mean uh, he he was more of a journeyman. I mean, his uh, Chris Ray. You know, he graduated I think in like early two thousands or something. But he was like a, uh-huh. a relief pitcher in the you know in the Orioles organization for a while. I remember he went to William and yeah. Mary. And Cur- Curtis Pride. It's another yeah. One. He, oh yeah. Now he was my class. He was my class. Curtis Pride. Yeah. And John Stewart is who I'm thinking about. Oh, you know, that's Daily right. Show. Yes, yeah, John yeah, yeah, Stewart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, The Daily Show. He, yeah, he was a bit oh. before my time, but I, I think only a few years before. Yeah. Yeah, John Stewart's uh, journey is 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 incredible. He went from comic to a uh, political pundit, which was which was yeah. an interesting, you know, interesting um, journey, as it were. Like, and then uh, and almost kind of like a he almost became an authority on on in in politics, which was interesting considering his background was 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 comedy and everything. Okay. I I feel like I feel like uh, in a lot of ways that's probably uh, the the Robin Williams movie Man of the Year, which was complete fiction, was probably based somewhat loosely on John Stewart. I don't mm. know. I'd have to look into that. But um, but yeah, some great um, some greats have obviously gone uh, gone to gone on to William and Mary and stuff, and 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 shaped a lot of our country's history which is really cool um i'm a big thomas jefferson fan so uh, that was also another reason yeah. for it. um yeah. but um well that was our united cigar presidential trivia segment so thank you for humoring me there steve i was kind of i gave you multiple choice so um uh, not everyone gets the multiple choice question so uh <laughs> it easy on me so uh, as always, our United Presidential Trivia segment is brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, uh, before we jump into Macanudo, there's another segment that I'm really excited to talk to you about. So a couple of years ago, uh, Steve, just to give you a little bit of background, and I know my audience is tired of this introduction, but I think it's very important to always set the context of why we do this here, is uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was talking to my wife specifically about, I wanted to do more, more with the show. 
and I didn't know exactly what that looked like. Um, and I wanted it to go beyond the scope of just talking about cigars and learning backstories of the individual people that I was talking yep. to. And, and she's like, well, you have a real, you have a real heart for charity. Why don't you do something with charity? And I was like, well, what can I do? And she's like, well, why don't we, why don't you raise money for different charities? And, and that kind of blossomed into what we have our charity segment, which is where I ask my guest each week to bring a nonprofit or a charity of their choosing and talk about why that's important to that individual. And, um, we've had all sorts of great causes that we've talked about over the last two years. And I mean, uh, some, um, some very local, some very national. And so in the case of today, we're a, a very wonderful international organization, uh, which is the Salvation Army, which is what you chose. Um, wonderful, wonderful organization uh, that does so much for to those in need, especially this time of year. I mean, it was, I mean, it yeah. couldn't have been more perfect uh, you being on here, but you said that you, you know, when you told me you've always been really partial to the Salvation Army, so tell us a little bit of why it's important to you and why you decided to bring it to us today. Yeah, no, I think that uh, you do think about it a, a, a lot of a lot this time of year, right? And uh, a lot, a lot of times, a lot in other times of the year, maybe not so much, and that's that's kind of a shame, right? Um, because they do a lot of great work. Uh, and I, I do think that, you know, from, from the research that I've done, I think a lot of their, you know, some, some of the organizations, um, uh, there's a lot of great organizations out there, uh, but they, they do a lot with, um, you know, making sure that their money really it, it goes to working, you know, a high percentage of their dollars goes to, uh, you know, the working dollars um, versus kind of overhead and stuff like that. So um, it, that's, uh, one of the reasons that I, 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 you know, they kind of come to the surface, uh, you know, kind of the top of, of my mind. Um, and, you know, it's just something that it, you talk about childhood memories at this time of year, again, the Salvation Army, the, you know, the, the volunteers standing out there um, raising money. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely, it definitely, definitely says holidays to me. Yeah. I'm, I was really, I was really excited. We went to uh, every year we go to a uh, Bass Pro Shop to take pictures with Santa Claus mm-hmm. with my kids. Um, like my oldest is seven. You met him earlier. Yeah. And I have a three-year-old as well. And, and, uh, and uh, they have a, they have like many stores. Uh, they have a sell, you know, during this time of year, they have a Salvation Army uh, Santa out there ringing the bell and everything. And, uh, and, um, Every year, um, my son wants to, you know, he first learned about this a couple of years. He's got a mind like a steel trap, which is great. Like he remembers things for the longest time. And so like he remember, like as we're rolling in, he's like, hey, dad, do you have, dad, do you have anything that I can give to the the bell guy, the bell right. Santa? Right. And uh, and it's really cool that he remembers that. Um, and he knows that it's going to it's going to charity. It's going to some, you know, it's going to someone in need. And, uh, and it's, it's just a, it's really great that a organization like the Salvation Army, which is, you know, it's a charity, it's a nonprofit. It's so selfless in its intent and its origins and what it does. Yet it has that iconic staple that's been around, you know, from my childhood and yours. And, and I mean, probably our fathers as well. I mean, I have to imagine it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, just a wonderful organization. Oh, was I mean, have you done any volunteering with them or is it just something you've always been partial to just because no, of the mission? 
It's just a mission, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, what they do and kind of the size of the organization. I mean, sometimes large organizations can get top heavy and, and I think they've done a really from, again, from kind of what I've read, um, they've done a good job of, you know, really trying to make sure that, uh, they're, you know, you know, when the dollars that they receive, you know, a high percentage of that goes to, you know, the people in need. Yeah, it's terrific. This year, uh, I noticed a campaign for the Salvation Army that they were doing the the Jonas Brothers, the popular, mm. band, uh, and Nick Jonas, who was a great, is a is a very famous cigar smoker, yeah. uh, uh, was doing a, did an ad for him that, um, and it's it's really. You know, it's it's really cool because you know, like I, I mean, I know I'm sure they were compensated in some way, but whenever you see like some celebrities um, doing um, doing bits for 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 charities and stuff, you know, you know it's not right. for much because they can't afford they can't af- they can't afford you know what Gatorade's paying these athletes or or right. or anything like that. You know, they can't afford to do that. You know that uh, they're not just doing it for the money and they really believe in the organization. So it's always really great when you see, you know, celebrity endorsements like that for, for some, yeah. from some charities and stuff. So, um, you know, um, I'll be putting something in the chat later on, but uh, as always, every week we do this, Steve, uh, my, my wife and I will be making a small donation to the Salvation Army uh, in your honor. So thank you so much for bringing it uh, to our attention tonight and uh, talking a little bit about it and why it's special to you. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. All right. Well, coming back into cigars, let's let's talk a little bit about Macanudo here. Uh, I am uh, say uh, not even to the halfway point because this is a really large cigar. Uh, the let's kick things going back to the uh, Macanudo Estate Reserve Flint Knoll. Um, uh, Steve, I'm I am, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. This is this is a fantastic tasting cigar. I'm really enjoying the French oak aged barrel, uh, barrel aging to it. You can taste it. It's a lot more. I will say this, the barrel aging for me, and I've smoked some other Connecticut's, uh, a, uh, wrap cigars that are aged in, in barrels. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not as pronounced, but that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. I have been really enjoying the subtlety of it. It's, it's really, it's really terrific. You would think, you know, after, I mean, with them being Cabernet, you would get that kind of fruity tannin um, yep. thing, and you're you're really not. Um, and but you can get that you can get that nice little oak flavoring and everything. The 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 cigar is incredibly balanced. It's really uh, when I first lit it up, it's really it really is a very savory cigar. It really activates those uh, the salivary glands. So I was like, I was really getting a lot of saliva going and everything, mm. but. Um, but it's it's a beautiful tasting cigar, really well balanced. The construction's fantastic, phenomenal, and uh, I mean, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really excited to see how it finishes. Um, but what a fantastic project for you guys to put together with a you know a, you know a small a small winery. That, yeah, uh, no, yeah, no. I'm well. I'm glad. To, first off, I'm glad to hear that <laughs> it's uh, it's delivering so far um, because you never know, right? You know um, uh, how how somebody's going to perceive it. Um, but, uh, we were really happy with this, um, you know, and, um, it's, it, it, it is a nuanced cigar and, um, that was the intent. And, uh, again, it's going in, in, in finding the right people to work with and the right people were uh, in this case was happened to be a small boutique 
you know, guy, Aaron McAllis uh, out of um, Napa, uh, a, like I said, a uh, Kansas City guy and uh, just a real, you know, salt of the earth kind of guy. Um, and um, he was he's just been great to work with. And so we're you know, we want to do more stuff with him and we want to you know, we want to continue this. And he's got several different uh, he's got several different wines. And so, you know, we were thinking, hey, why don't we age it in a different wine and just see how, you know, compare and contrast, like, how does this change if, you know, if you age it in, you know, a different Cabernet or a Pinot Noir versus a or Cabernet Sauvignon, um, you know, the, the subtleties I'm sure will be very nuanced, but, uh, you know, hey, sometimes that's how you get, you know, some really cool results so we're excited about continuing to work with Aaron and and um and uh kind of looking forward to the future on on this project as a you know kind of a multi-year deal on the Flint Knoll the estate reserve Flint Knoll oh well that's exciting to hear that you guys are going to continue working with them this is but as far as this this scar specifically is this a limited edition uh very or or is it going to become more of a regular production item yeah, no, this is a, this is a limited edition. We, uh, we sent, we actually had the, um, the French oak barrel sent down to the Dominican Republic and, um, they aged and there was only a certain number of capacity of tobacco that could get into those and age in those barrels. So once, you know, once we had that tobacco, we rolled up the cigars, um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's just out on the market. I think we released it in, uh, maybe October, mid-October, October, right early October. And uh, so it should, should be out there hitting the stores now. And, um, you know, it's nice 10 count box uh, and nice. We, we emulated a lot of his package, Aaron's package from the Flint Knoll, uh, the wine labels. He's got some beautiful um, packaging within these wines and, um, we kind of tried to mirror that and, and pull some of the, the filigree, you know, that, 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 uh, the kind of swirly curly cues. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, uh, yeah, we're real happy how it turned out. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's working so far for you. Yeah. It's a real classic. Um, I'm going to see if I can share this, uh, the, this is the Flint Knoll website. I just want to, uh, specifically start showing this. Um, This is the Flint Knoll website for their wines, right? Yeah. So there, I yeah. mean, you got that label on it. And then um, then I'm going to share this, uh, um, the cigar label a little bit more closely rather than me just pointing it out. So give me one second here. I mean, I thought the packaging was gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah. Um, here, I'll so, see. If so he took that inspiration, that filigree, you'll see it when you look at the packaging from if you've seen, if you, you know, the shotguns where they, they take and etch those um, and, and create those filigree. That's um, right. Yeah. That's what yeah. it does look like. You're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I mean, just very classic. I mean, very clean, beautifully white, very, I mean, and it's, I mean, it's, you can tell right where the inspiration comes from when you look at that Flint and Old website and those, that logo yeah. and everything. Uh, beautiful. Um, the, there's a foot band on it. 
as well that says what you know what barrels they're aged in uh i pulled that off obviously to light the cigar and everything but it's a it's a gorgeous looking product um there's the foot band that i was yep. just describing um and um i mean it's i mean it's not loud it's not overstated it's not like you know what we're going to talk about here in a second the m series uh in terms of just like bam but in a, in a very in a very beautiful delicate way it's still very it still has a very you know just you know it is very it is it's not very showy but it is at the same time i don't i'm, I'm having a hard time describing it it's one of those things you got to pick up in your hand to kind of just appreciate that yes it is it is a white label but the accents and the way that the the uh the uh the design kind of plays off of each other it's it's it is really quite gorgeous and and the wrapper is actually quite stunning as well too uh this ecuadorian connecticut is, is is very nice and it's a little bit of a darker hue so i think the the white label isn't lost on on the wrapper because mm-hmm. you would think with connecticut shade um it can be a it can be a touch lighter but the, the one that i'm smoking in particular and it looked like the ones too from photos that i've seen it looks like it's a little bit of a darker hue so it plays off of each yeah. other really well well just terrific terrific um what um but that leads us into the, the next the next project you guys did so like again this is more about expansion this year i feel like with with one exception i'll, I'll go into we'll go into that in just a second but the uh the m by macanudo lines received three editions yep. um which is so the dark rum the french vanilla and the mint cocoa for all you girl scout cookie thin mint fans out there i'm sure you could probably get some familiar flavors off of that cigar uh not going to get you in trouble with trademarks though it is not a thin mint cigar i'm not putting it out i'm not saying that so but um <laughs> But I, I mean, but this has been an incredibly popular line for you guys when you you, you took Macanudo into into the infused uh, yeah. sector, if you will. So I mean, yeah. And you've been around this whole time, so I mean, talk about it's obviously been successful for you. Other guys, when you're yeah, yeah. expanding it, so talk a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll just I'll just kind of rewind a little bit and talk about you know Macanudo. Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but you know, about, um, about six or seven years ago, it was really, we really took this whole push to make Macanudo a bit more relevant, a bit more, uh, make, make people think differently about Macanudo. You know, Macanudo, I think if you go back to the cafe line, it's, you know, it's consistent, you know, and it's quality and it is a smooth smoke. Um, and you kind of know what to expect out of it and you're going to get it every time. Um, but we wanted to, to kind of bring other experiences to the brand. We wanted to get people to, you know, um, think about Macanuda differently and, and, and be able to kind of incorporate it in a different, different smoking occasions. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, part of it was kind of a push on from the inspirato line which is really more about um tobacco stories and interesting using interesting tobaccos and interesting techniques and then we have this other line in m right that's our our basically our infused line and that's the one you're talking about right there m m by macanudo and it was it's all about those kind of unexpected moments um it, it's it's a little bit of um, you know, bringing a little bit of infused cigar, uh, a little bit of infused flavor into a, kind of more of a natural cigar. So kind of, to me, 
it we are looking to kind of bridge the gap between flavors on one side and natural cigars on the other. So because uh, honestly, I've smoked some flavored cigars that I just cannot. I mean, they almost you know made me sick. It's um, too rich. Just too much, too too much, almost like too much artificial uh, taste to them. Um, and uh, these, it, to me, um, kind of kind of balance that. It's almost like a a, a natural cigar with a bit of nuanced um, flavor to them. And uh, and and actually, it's kind of it's kind of played out that way. I. I run into a lot of people that say, Hey, I don't, I don't smoke flavors, but I'll smoke this one. And, and um, it, which was interesting to me because I, I think it kind of hit what we were trying to go for. You know, we weren't, we weren't trying to do the, the flavor bomb that just kind of knocked you off your socks. And um, it, it was really more some, you know, it was trying to appeal to the person who appreciated the tobacco flavor but wanted kind of a little twist on, you know, their everyday um, cigar. So, you know, it, it's a, it's, these are cigars that, um, you know, um, they're everybody, but uh, the people that I think have picked them up and smoked them um, tend to be uh, not just, not just, uh, you know, flavor smokers, but tend to be sort of like nat natural smokers that want just a little bit of a, a twist in their, and their in, in their smoking experience. So you know every every once you maybe maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's you know with a particular pairing or a, or a food. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's been very successful for us. It's it's kind of it fits kind of a kind of a, a section in, in in kind of um, you know our our broader portfolio of Macanudo. And um, yeah, we these these three new uh, flavors. Um, kind of eat, uh, filled out the portfolio very well. We had a, we have a, we started with coffee, as I think you knew. I think you mm -hmm. were there when we launched that. What was that? Yeah, I was. Right. In fact, this cutter that I'm got right here, it's not yeah. an, it's a Cohiba cutter. Can't okay. see it anymore because it's faded off so much. Uh, was handed to me by Justin Andrews at that launch party for M Coffee, and I still use it. Uh, it is my daily carrying cutter. It is it is never dulled. It I mean, it was a giveaway. I mean, wow. call it what it is. It was a swag That's piece great. that you guys handed out, and it it is still it still cuts cigars incredibly well. And I I carry it I carry it every day. Excellent. Well, I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. Um, yeah. So we launched that. You know, we launched the M brand in 2018 with coffee. Came back with um, um, rum. I'm sorry, bourbon. Bourbon. Bourbon the next yes. year, and then a espresso, which was a barber pole. Uh, the following year, and uh, then most recently, as you mentioned, mint and uh, mint rum and vanilla. So interesting smokes. I think you know if, if it's something, it's something that you know you got to try it once. You know, I, again, I, I don't think it's it's if, if you've smoked a flavor and you said, "Man, these these things, I've never smoked another flavor." That's these are a little bit different, um, and um, I. I, I enjoy one once in a while. So uh, they're, they're not, they're not, they're, they're good. They're good. See, I want to go back to something that you said just a few moments ago, because I want to, I really want to unpack how this works. And this is, goes back to what you do for a living and 
how this makes sense to you. So, because uh, let me explain from an outside perspective. I know Macanudo as this very dominant global brand. Let's take away all the, let's take out all the new things that you guys have done in the last few years, including Inspirato. Like Macanudo existed and was a, was a monster. I mean, it's, it's widely known. It's, it's always been in the top, five and that's probably being conservative we're probably talking about top three smoke cigars in the world certainly in this country for all time but yet you all you know headed by you and your team decided that it still needed something else it still needed relevancy you use the word relevant um how how could you get better than one of the most popular cigars in the on the marketplace i'm just yeah, and maybe that's an, maybe 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 that wasn't fair to say, but I think that um, one of the things that um, we we noticed is that people just weren't talking about Macanudo. They knew it. They enjo- you know there was a lot of people that were enjoying Macanudo, but there was definitely um, kind of uh, there was definitely groups of cigar lovers that were looking for something else or looking for something a little bit differently. And, uh, and we, we knew that we could, uh, we knew that Macanuda had more to offer. And so it was, we were trying to, when I guess I say relevancy, it's, it's kind of more of like, we weren't just a one trick pony, even though that trick was very big. Yeah. Uh, we thought that we could, um, use, you know, some of our expertise and, you know, uh, resources to go out and find, you know, new tobaccos and, 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 and create, you know, a line that was all about, you know, really kind of interesting stuff and stories and, 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 and focus on that. And, and, you know, we thought also that this, you know, the, the flavor line would go very well. If we did, we didn't want to just do another flavored cigar. We, we, we thought this kind of this bridge between, you know, kind of a natural and a, and a flavored cigar would be a, a really interesting place and would re- would would uh, be receptive, re- re- you know, would be uh, well received by you know people who know and love Macanudo. So, and and that's what I think that's what we found is, is played out. You know, everything we've done hasn't been successful, but I mean, there's been a lot um, in the last you know six six to eight years that um, we've felt have has really you know kind of continue to, you know, grow the brand and keep the brand, um, you know, keep start those conversations are happening again uh, on Macanudo. No, I think it's been widely successful. And that's why I think it's, I think it was absolutely brilliant. I just, that's a question I've always wanted to ask you is like, you know, um, but like you said, more than this one trick, I mean, more than this one trick pony itself, it, it makes sense. I actually smoked, uh, as it were, I, I smoked a Macanudo Portofino on my um, the first day of my honeymoon. Um, it was back. I was right at the tail end of when smoking bans started to happen, and we were actually eating in a restaurant. We honeymooned in San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. We were eating at a restaurant. They had cigars there, and I didn't have any cigars on me. It was one of the first times I can ever remember not having a cigar on me. I was like, "Oh," she's like, "Why don't you buy one from them?" And I was like, "Perfect." And I went over to their humidor, and I mean. And I, you know, I was, I've never, I would never say that I'm a, I was a habitual Macanudo cafe goat. Like that was never my go-to, but mm-hmm. it was always one that I had enjoyed periodically. And I knew to the point of I'm about to make, it was something I could always rely on. Like most people. Right. 
right? right? And and that was the moment. Like there were other cigars in that humidor, and just nothing seemed good. Nothing seemed like, and except for that one, and I was like, I'll smoke the Macanudo Portofino, and I smoked that on my first day of my my honeymoon. Well, that's that's a cool story, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's that's exactly right. I mean, you know, you you know exactly what you're going to get, and you know, if if it's one of those ones you want to bring, you know, to the golf course for friends, you know, you you're not going to have nobody's going to have a problem smoking it, right? You know, it's it's uh, so no matter no matter who's there, um, you know, it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. Um, from that standpoint. So, you know, we just, we felt like that, um, that was a great place to be. And, um, but, you know, we could, we felt like we could do more with the brand as well. And um, certainly, you know, there were so many great tobaccos that we have in our, our tobacco kind of, you know, library for lack of a better term. Um, And so much cool stuff that we were doing from like a seed, you know, you know, a hybrid seed type of, um, or, you know, a tobacco kind of experimentation standpoint that, um, and we thought Macanudo would be one place that we could, you know, use, use this, you know, what we were doing and, and that people would like it. And, um, yeah, it's worked. No, absolutely. I, uh, the, the Inspirato Palladium was uh, a cigar that I smoked, uh, uh, when I had Laurel on my show a couple of years back and it was uh, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. The green is also incredibly good. Yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed the, the, the journey that you guys have taken with it. I think there's some really, there's some really good stuff in their portfolio. Yeah. And, and even the M and the M by Macanudo lines have been, have been really, like you said, they're, they're a nice break every once in a while. And, and uh, I, the M bourbon, I, I think, and I, I remember Coop saying this to you as well, and him and I are both agree on this. That M bourbon tastes like an old fashioned, like straight up. Yeah. You even get that well, little bit of that orange peel. I mean, it's fantastic. Well, it's hard because maybe I, maybe I talked to Coop about this. I can't remember, but um, when when we were when we were talking about it, but it was really hard to nail the nail the, the flavor. I guess the, the 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 flavors of bourbon. You know, it's like is this tastes like bourbon and you know, we were all like, uh, you know, uh, it's got some elements, but is it, is it, are we doing it justice? And so to really kind of land, you know, kind of get everybody on the same page, we use that old fashioned because we could kind of throw in a, a few other nuances with the, you know, the, the cherry and, you know, the citrus and it kind of got you there. You're like, okay, this tastes like an old fashioned, uh, but you know, straight bourbon, that's it's harder, you know, it's like the heat and everything like that. It's, uh, it, so we could, we haven't problems nailing that, but the, the old fashioned, but, but, um, one thing I was going to mention when you mentioned, um, palladium is, uh, when I, I knew we had a winner in palladium when, when Justin Andrews kept coming down and, and, and grabbing cigars out of my humidor out for the palladium, <laughs> that was just, for the longest time. That was his favorite cigar. He would come down and grab more palladiums from me. Nice. Uh, so we knew we knew we were gonna we knew we were gonna have a winner there. So maybe maybe that's it. We always give Justin a hard time about not giving out samples. That that's what he was doing is he was smoking the supply. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, that, I mean that's 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 terrific. I um another. Another story too I like telling about uh, to I've told Justin and, and Laurel now yourself this is my my college roommate 
that was that was Macanudo was his go-to cigar because it triggered so many memories for him. In fact, the day that he got Eagle Scout, his father cracked open a, a tin of Ascots, and that. And so forever for him, cigar smoking meant smoking Macanudo. And that was always That's his thing. Cool. And and uh, he's like the, you know, the most of the cigar smoking population, like it, it's cigar smoking and Macanudo smoking are synonymous. There's, there's no breaking away from that for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember, I remember one time we uh, were in a position where we didn't have Macanudo and, and I gave him a cigar. I was like, Hey, I know it's not Macanudo, man, but just just see if you enjoy it. And he's like, okay. And so he lit it up. I took the label off because I was just like, hey, let's just get that out of your head and yeah. just see if you enjoy it. And he's like, wow, this is really good. He, he's like, I, you're right. It's not a Macanudo. He's like, but this is really good. He's like, how'd you do that? And I was like, well, I just took what you like and I found something that was, you know, similar and hopefully it wouldn't offend your palate too much that was used to smoking the same thing for all these years. Yeah. So, um, but that, it, um, I look, we've been talking, we've had this theme of storytelling come up quite a bit today. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, and it's really great that Macanudo tells that story for so many people. And, and, yeah. and you're building on that with all these additional things. There's right. going to be different stories told, which is kind of, which is really cool. I really right. like it. Well, well, that's a real, that's a, that's a cool story with about your friend. The, um, we do hear a lot of that. You know, that was my, you know, the first cigar that I smoked or, my grandfather used to do, you know, smoke macanudos all the time or, you know, so it does, it ha it's one of those brands that evokes a lot of kind of memories and emotion out of those memories. So um, it's really cool. It's, it's really cool to hear those stories and, um, you know, know that that connection ex exists uh, between um, people and the brand. So speaking of the Inspirato line, you guys announced this, uh, this past year, this this year earlier this year was uh, back in June I guess late June um, the Macanudo Inspirado uh, now am I saying this correct correctly is it the 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 Hamo the Hamau yeah, well I mean I I call it Jamal but I don't uh, that's uh, I don't know if we've ever defined it but uh, okay. it's the the and the reason I do the reason I think that at least we call it Jamal internally is because it's uh, a um hamas right. uh, but i guess the yeah, hamas would be hamal right so i don't know i think we're we're kind of uh we're kind of bastardizing it well, in there well hamas is a, is a region in honduras and then if, if i if memory serves me correct you guys it was the, the it's a yeah. habano seed and it was grown in uh the mal region of the dominican correct. right so i guess that's the, the merging of the word so it's it's not even a real well, real world is relevant. It's a, it's a, it's a meshing. Of it's a, it's a meshing of those words. So you're yeah. absolutely right. We, you know, we, we took seeds from uh, Hamastron and one, one, as you mentioned, one of the most popular places uh, uh, to, to grow tobaccos these days and took those seeds, which, you know, over time, even though they're Habano seeds, right. Um, uh, which is a varietal that, you know, a seed, a type of seed that, is pretty commonly used all, all oh, up and down um, Nicaragua and Honduras. Is, and, but by, by growing it there for years and generations, et cetera, those seeds take on their own characteristics. So we took those seeds from Hamastron and, and planted and grew them in um, 
Mao, the Mao Dominican Republic, which is our factories in Santiago, which is kind of in the north, uh, northwest of the country. And so Mao is about an hour northwest of that. Um, and it's a little, you know, farming kind of community uh, with uh, a lot, you know, a lot of, lot of tobacco growers, a lot of fields. We have some uh, small batch fields up there that uh, the company owns. And we grow a lot of our uh, tobaccos like that, where we're, we're taking something from a different region that hasn't been done before and, or uh, cross-pollinating them with uh, a diff, you know, a different types of uh, tobaccos or cross-pollinate them and, and growing them in Mao there. So uh, it's, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff that we're doing uh, with tobaccos and um, to, to bring really cigar lovers, you know, kind of unique smoking experiences that, you know, you, you might not ever gotten before. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, I, I really enjoyed this, this cigar too. I smoked it earlier this year, a couple of times. Uh, Victoria was, was kind enough to send me a care package on it. And uh, it was, it was a really enjoyable smoke. Um, I found um, there, I feel like in, and I'm not, I feel like with Honduran cigars specifically, there are Honduran forward cigars. Cause this has a, uh, the Hamau has a uh, Honduran binder and there's also Honduran tobacco in the filler too, but there's other tobaccos. There's Nicaraguan, there's Dominican in it as well uh, in the filler. Um, they're, they're Honduran cigars that are like, they're very definitively, very definitively Honduran and they're great. And then there are Honduran cigars that are very definitively Honduran that are not great. Um, this is obviously the latter that we really enjoyed <laughs> uh, because Honduran, I feel like Honduran cigars can like that are heavy Honduran can go, they can go real bad real quick. It feels, I feel in my, my smoking experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, I feel like it's risky, but in, in some cases, but I mean, you guys have been working with it for so long um, and it's just part of your y'all's DNA um, um, that I, I, I feel like this blend was really, really well, well put together. And it's, it's, it's a really, uh, you know, other than the white, the black, the red, the green, uh, palladium, obviously, like th- these, they're very straightforward colors and stuff. But the Hamau is very a celebration of everything. It's very colorful band. And yeah. like I was, yeah. like, I, I really, I really liked what you guys put together on it. It was really, it was really quite beautiful. Yeah. Well, that, that package is inspired those colors. I think it's, you know, the red, uh, blue, the white, blue, red, uh, inspired by the um, Dominican flag. And so, you know, you, you probably wouldn't pick that up immediately, but we just got to play with those colors. Um, to your point, it's, um, it's, it's a blend. So this was a limited edition. Uh, it, it, uh, it, you know, it's, it's not easy growing wrapper in uh, Dominican, in, in Mao, where, right. and um, there's just the, the conditions aren't ideal. Correct. Uh, and, you know, so, so a lot of times you'll get these spotty looking wrappers or, or this one was, um, I think, kind of, you know, dark enough that uh, we, 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 we didn't have much problem with that from that aspect, growing wrapper. But uh, it turned out, you know, again, really well, really pleasant blend um, and just something that is unique, you know, that uh, uh, that we, you know, we haven't really done before. So again, it's all about, you know, what can we offer that's a little bit different um, that people may not have um, had before. And this is, this is one of those things, this 
uh, Hamastron seed grown in Mao um, used as a, as a wrapper on this particular cigar. So, it's, you know, and, just, and you're right, it's got, it's got a Honduran binder, Dominican filler, Honduran filler, Nicaraguan filler. So, you know, there's, there's some, you know, it's not straightforward Honduran, which I think, you know, to your point, sometimes can kind of, kind of be a little flat, but, um, this one is, uh, you know, really, really, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this project and I enjoyed, um, you, you know, the results and I thought the blend was very, very nice. So this one, this one, uh, if you do see this one, I would pick this up in the stores, your listeners, um, because this was a limited edition. It launched back in, I think, June, July, August, somewhere around there. And so it may be hanging around, you know, you might find a few left on the, on the, on the, on the shelves, but, uh, it's, um, you know, we only made a, a, a short run and then that was kind of it. Uh, Justin Andrews has joined us in the chat, by the way, and he said that it's, oh, it's, good. Uh, it's past your bedtime. So I already feel guilty enough for keeping you up late, but, uh, oh, well, I'm surprised he's up this late. <laughs> I've kept him up some, I've kept him up some with late nights. <laughs> I, I have enticed him twice back with my show. We talked about the movie gladiator once. And then we talked about, uh, growing up a baseball fan and his, obviously he, you know, he played competitive baseball and, and that's stuff. right. So those were, those were, those were, uh, the two times I was able to, to lure him uh, up past his bedtime. So it was nice, but he had some really uh, nice things to say about how you've evolved the brand. So. Oh, good, good. Yeah, no, I did not know about the gladiator uh, discussion. So I'll, I'll uh, if I never need to keep him up, I'll, 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 uh, I'll make sure I remember that one, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, this brand has been, um, it, it has, there's been a lot of cool stuff that um, uh, two years ago, we did a Brazilian shade um cigar that was you know something that was there wasn't a lot of brazilian people using brazilian shades and we were able to sure. find a connecticut a connecticut shade grown down in brazil um just fantastic and uh, i'd love to bring that cigar back i'd love to do a kind of a, a, a you know a, another version of that or or another run um but um yeah we've been we've been looking at uh, all the tobaccos that are coming out of our of these these small batch fields in Mao, Dominican Republic, and how can we use them and create blends that are unique that give um, you know something brings a new story to the you know to people's uh, smoking smoking experience. Back to my smoking experience before we talk about the last project that's going on with Macadoo. Yeah, the, um, this Flint Knoll collaboration is really really stunning it's very complex i hit i made uh you know i was about at the halfway point when we last talked about it and i was talking about how you, the 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 barrel notes were very subtle but they were there um that has completely changed in the second half uh you really do get some of those deeper oak barrel flavorings especially particularly on the retro hail you do get some of those fruity tannins uh from that from the wine it's really really changed the cigar i was enjoying it before i'm still really enjoying it but it's com very very complex which is is something to be said about what you guys put together in this blend steve because i mean we are talking about a churchill which is what i'm smoking a seven inch cigar yeah. i i like churchills always have um uh, they're becoming more, uh, they're becoming less popular on the market, unfortunately. Um, 
But I think it's because they are challenging. You know, you have to keep someone, especially in today's fast food society way, yeah. it's no different in the industry. Um, you know, you got to keep someone's attention. And if you don't have a cigar that does it, you know. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's a it's a classic size. And, you know, um, we smoke a lot of different sizes. Um, this one, this blend really worked in the Churchill size. And, and, and the, of course, the Toros, everybody's a, you know, a, a, a favorite of, of the Toro. There's a lot of Toro smokers out there. So um, that made sense to, to launch this cigar in both those Vitolas. And um, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're enjoying this cigar. It's uh, something that, like I said, when we were out there and, in Arizona, you know, it was a cold. We were around a fire pit. Justin was there, Matt Booth. There was a, Ed Lehman, um, uh, and newest guy to our team, um, uh, John Hakem. He's uh, he's managing the Punch brands and uh, the uh, Partigas brands, but he was there as well. And we were all all there sitting there smoking this cigar with Aaron Michaelis too from Flint Knoll, and. Um, when we got to this blend, we were like, this is, this is the one, you know, this is, and it was, it was, it was overwhelmingly um, decisive. Uh, there was no doubt. And um, I was just happy that, that we replicated that in production because you know sometimes you get these yeah. fantastic blends and it's, it's, a, you know, there's something that's been hand, hand craft, crafted in a sample, you know, in a, in a very small batch batch of you know 10 20 50 cigars whatever it may be and then you put that into a bigger run and uh but uh wow yeah they 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 nailed that one and we're real happy with the results so um yeah i'm looking looking forward to smoking my next one soon it's really ironic i had this discussion last week with ram rodriguez of artista cigars and i had the same conversation at uh, at dinner with chris tar um, uh, a, a few months ago as well. Mm -hmm. I happened to be there. I was his guest and I was honored to have a conversation with him. And, but it was really interesting. We were talking about this specifically where, you know, it, it's, I think people, people don't appreciate how difficult cigar blending really is. You know, you can create a wonderful project. You can come up with beautiful design. You know, you can do all these great things and all these things can go right. Cause it's, it's a toothless, just, let's just probably undercut it. It's a 4,000 step process to make an entire cigar project. And, you know, 399, 999 of them can go right. But at the end of the day, if the cigar comes out of the aging room and it tastes different than what you had, I mean, it, God, that has to be frustrating, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. from where, from where it started. So it's, it's, a, it's a hard, it's very hard. And, and um, this has been, this has been a fantastic experience so far. So thank you. Um, to you and, and, and Laura, who sent me this cigar and, 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 and get to enjoy it with you tonight. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, really, really enjoying it. Um, but uh, the, uh, the last Macanuda project I want to talk about is something that we won't see here in the United States, but I, God, you got to look at, you got to just enjoy this beautiful, speaking of packaging, this wonderful project. It's the, uh, the year of the rabbit and the Macanudo Inspirado. It's part of the Inspirado line, Macanudo Inspirado year of the rabbit. And it's for the European and Asian markets. Um, man, talk about yeah. gorgeous. I mean, it is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, 
Was there a particular reason why this was selected for different markets other than the United States or was it just something as a, you know, you are an international brand. So, I mean, was it just a gift to other markets? Yeah, we're doing a little bit more of this where we're, we're just, you know, there's some just regions of the world that um, we see opportunities and, you know, this could have been an opportunity in the U S but we just, you know, there's so many, um, there's so many of these, you know, uh, year of the whatever, right. You know, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, this one, uh, there, there was a, there was a true need in that European and, and Asian market for this particular product where we thought that, um, you know, we could, we could launch this and it would fill kind of a, you know, uh, a need, you know, or, or, or fill kind of a, you know, a gap there that, uh, and people would want it. Uh, and, you know, the U S market was a bit too crowded, um, for, I think, the, the, the concept uh, as it is. Um, and so, you know, kind of also, you know, looking at it in a different way as well is it's fun to do these things, these little regional uh, releases, because I think it creates kind of this, uh, you know, idea of like, Hey man, this, there's something out there that sounds kind of interesting. How do I get that? You know, it's almost like a, how could I get, how could I, if I'm, if I live in the U S how could I get that, uh, you know, uh, cigar from, you know, Europe or Asia. And obviously there's, there's ways to do that, but, um, it does create kind of a little bit more of a mystique to it. So, um, there's, there's some of that as well. It, you, you hit the nail on the head when I was, I was about to say mystique behind it. Then I think that's really cool. I, I mean, I dig again, what you guys have done with packaging over the years has just been really sensational. Um, like oh, you said, re- re- revitalizing, you know, this classic, like we said, like this, what we knew to be Macanudo and, and really, and really changing it up and, uh, uh, you know, modernizing it in a certain way, but also without still paying respect and homage to what the original intent of the brand too, which is, I think, I think is equally as important. And I think you guys did that with class and, 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 uh, and just tremendous success. So, well, thanks, Sam. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. So, we've got just a couple more segments to conclude our night here, Steve. If I uh, uh, really do appreciate uh, staying up uh, late with us, and it's been a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed this, um, as well as the smoking experience. Um, but um, this next segment that we uh, we we go to each week is. Um, is our, is our moment of what we call our moment of refuge. So refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. So uh, some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum. So moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up, light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, Steve, I think, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think, you know, what's really good about a person in your position is I feel like you still get to enjoy cigars in in their fullest capacity I, I know you you play a part a big part in the way that these are blended and stuff but you're you're not in the factory on the daily you know you're not going through constant blend samples and 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 everything like that so you get to kind of enjoy cigars uh like 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 we do <laughs> you know the, right. and uh and i is 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 as great as it like you just talked about that moment uh, of when you guys put this particular project together i mean a meeting of the minds you know ed and justin and matt and uh all those great folks together, um, cigars are very communal. Uh, but every so often we have those moments where it's just us and the cigar. 
Nobody else is around. It can be celebrating something. It can be just a moment of clarity, whatever it is. And I'm sure you've had dozens of these over the years, perhaps. But um, I know putting you a little bit on the spot, you don't have to pick your favorite one or the best one or the most memorable. But what's one that comes to mind where it was just you and the cigar? What were you smoking, if you can remember? And what was that moment about? Well, I think that uh, the one that uh, comes jumps into my mind right right away is um, and is one of the ones that I, I think that that you have there is the Macanudo Vintage 2010. Uh, it was a vintage cigar that we launched, I think, in 2020, um, so a couple years ago, and uh, it was from the 2010 crop year, which was a a fantastic kind of uh, summer, uh, hot night or hot days, warm nights for, um, for, for that, for that Connecticut um, shade tobacco to grow. Um, but that cigar uh, was, was one of my favorites um, and still is one of my favorites about two years ago. And uh, I can remember specifically uh, sitting out on my patio, on my deck, at a, uh, since I told you I was kind of in the middle of a move right now, so I'm no longer, unfortunately, I'm no longer in that, in that house, but uh, had a patio in the back there and um, was just reflecting on, I think, the calmness of, uh, I lived in the city down in Richmond, the calmness of the city, the cigar experience, and, uh, you know, in the city, it's kind of loud. But at that particular time, when I was smoking this cigar, there was kind of this not an eerie silence, but a very peaceful silence. Uh, it was midday. Um, and uh, yeah, it was midday. I think it must have been COVID or something, you know, the kind of the COVID shutdown type of type of uh, environment, I, I would guess. But, um, you know, 2020, that sounds about right. But um you know, smoking that cigar uh, was just, was pretty magical. So um, yeah, no, that was, that was, yeah, that was a, that was a great moment of reflection for me and, and thinking about, you know, kind of, you know, life sometimes doesn't really stop too often, but it, it felt like it stopped or really slowed down for me at, at that point. You know, see, we've been exploring a lot of your journey tonight. And I mean, did you ever pause and look back and realize like just, I mean, the impact that you you and your team have had and like the 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 the, the distance that y'all have traveled um, and, and what you've done with some not just popular brands. I mean, we are talking about some of the iconic classic brands when people go like you said you've heard so many stories of oh that was my first cigar and it's like that for so many and 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 i mean i mean you're shaping history if i i mean if i could be over dramatic for just a second i mean you're shaping history in our industry in a in a very real time way that's again been successful as we've been talking about i mean it, have you ever reflected on that and and i mean do you have you ever appreciated the scope of what you've had a hand in doing well, I, I did have an aha moment. Um, I was about six months ago, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe closer to the beginning of the year. Is, is uh, 
you know, we got out of, we got out of a meeting. We have a humidor in our office and we have all of our newest products and on display and everything like that. And I, I, I remember going into that humidor and looking around and really reflecting that the, there was some really, really cool uh, ideas in this that we had, we had brought to life. And, you know, sometimes you're, you're caught up in the day. You know, this, this happened no matter what you, what, what you do for a living, you know, you're, you're caught up kind of in the daily grind of it is, you know, sometimes you don't step back to, you know, quote unquote, smell the roses or whatever. But I, I just remember looking back and, and, and looking around at this room and looking at all these products that we launched in the last, you know, probably 12 to 18 months and being like, there's some really cool stuff here. And I was impressed and, and, you know, and so I, I think a little bit of maybe what you're saying is, you know, we're doing our part and we're, you know, we're like every other company out there, we're, you know, trying our hardest and um, try, you know, trying to make the, uh, products that people, you know, enjoy and are going to put down their hard earned money for. And uh, that's when you think about it that way, that's um, I think that's kind of where I get a little bit uh, in awe is that what we're creating some things that, you know, people are going to, you know, uh, going to shell out their, their hard earned money for. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, people don't do that. People don't, you know, people don't just throw away their money these days. So, um, that, that's, I, I, I take a lot of, um, pride in that aspect of it. Well, it's just been awesome having this kind of discussion about the journey of some of these historic brands. And I know we could basically have you back and dedicate another show to another one of them and another one. So I know there's a lot left, a lot um, of meat left on the bone here, but as we uh, kind of go through our last two, this one's a rapid fire uh, segment here. Um, So it's just, I'm giving you two choices. You just pick one. So uh, we've only got a few of them and then we'll do our last segment for the night. If that's okay with you. Sounds good. Perfect. So um, this is our this or that segment. So basically uh, just go down a few things. So what, some are cigar related, some are food related, some they're all over the place. It's all over the map here. So, all right. So uh, Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Coca-Cola. No oh, question. So, no, oh, no question. Okay. No question. All right. And any, uh, any bad experiences with Pepsi or has just always been? It's no, just it's, just, it's always, I think I, maybe it's where, how I, you know, maybe this part of the country, I don't know. I feel like Coca-Cola is king. So well, you did live in Atlanta for a little bit, so that's that's, that's Coca-Cola. Right. That's Coca-Cola that's Central. Right. So, that's all right. right. So, um, I have to imagine that uh, both these seasons in Virginia are beautiful, but fall or spring? Oh man, tough. Spring. I'll go spring. Spring. Okay. Awesome. Uh, uh, any preference to any state uh, where spring is just the best in your mind? Any state um, that you've lived in, you know, Virginia, Kentucky, Oregon, Georgia. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd say I, 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 you know, spring in Richmond is very hard because of the pollen. Uh, so I'll go with uh, Oregon. Oregon. Okay. Terrific. All right. Now going into cigars, you've had experience with both of these Connecticut broadleaf or Connecticut shade. Wrapper specifically. Shade. Very classic. All right. Now go to the state of Virginia. If someone's coming to Virginia. Are we going to Monticello or are we going to Mount Vernon? Which one are we doing? We're going to Monticello. 
excellent choice. Oh, with all respect to the father of our country, I have to agree. <laughs> I have to agree. I'm with you. With you. Okay. Uh, again, state of Virginia, Chesapeake Bay crabs or oysters? Oh, um, I'd go oysters. My man, I'm an oyster guy. Fantastic. Yep. So you're not you're not opposed to the texture. The texture doesn't bother you. The texture is really big with some. No, people. not at all. We've got a couple. You know, it's it, it's kind of the Rappahannock uh, is another river just north of the the James, and um, that's there's been a lot of um, trendy oysters coming out of there recently. A couple, uh, it's gotten a lot of hype. So uh, I lo- I love them. You know, whether they're raw, steamed, you know, smoked. I, uh, I'll, I'll eat oysters anyway, but there's just, for me, oysters on a half shell raw are just, will always be the king for me. I just love them. Yeah. They're fantastic. I love, I love Chesapeake Bay. I need, uh, I've had Rappahannock before. Those are excellent as well. Uh, yep. just gorgeous. All right. Last one back to cigars, lighting a cigar with a match or a torch lighter. Ah, good call. Um, yeah, torch just for convenience. But uh, probably should do it. <laughs> probably should do a match. I'm always been a match guy myself. I have a torch. I lit this cigar with a particular torch. I've always been a. I've, I love a. I've always been have, have an affinity for for smoking a cigar by lighting it with a match. So I'm. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, yes, but it is much more convenient to have a torch in your pocket than a buck of matches, especially if you're outside. You get, you don't know what the weather's going to do. All right. Well, last segment of the night, Steve, again, can't thank you enough for all your time. I know this was also some of the last minute uh, um, opportunity for us. And I, I'm so grateful to you and the folks at general for making it a possibility. Um, this is our Dunbarton tobacco and trust curveball segment, fastballs or curveballs. It doesn't matter since the company's inception, Steve sock has been knocking them out of the park seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So, we said that the word fun was going to come up a couple of times tonight. And you mentioned it uh, at the very top of the show, Steve, but, um, and uh, you know, the age old mantra, you know, if you, if you enjoy what you're doing, you never work a day in your life kind of thing. But, um, but what's tougher and you've had a numerous jobs in your very prestigious career. What's tougher having a fun job or not having fun at your job and saving the fun for later. I think the, uh, the, the latter uh, is tougher. Ha- having a not fun job and saving the fun for later is, is, is the grind. And have you, have you had, I'm not going to ask you to name names, but have you had, have you had a sampling of both those jobs in your career? Oh, yeah. I used to, my very first job out of college was an auditor. So I, I graduated from William & Mary, uh, which we talked about, with a, a green, degree in accounting. And uh, auditor's oh, not wow. a fun job. You, you go in and you walk into it and they're, you're looking for, you know, mistakes and, you know, and uh, nobody really likes the auditors. So I could, I could see why you went into marketing. You're too much of a people person to be crunching yeah. numbers all day. Yeah. Yeah. That was too scientific for me. Uh, this is more, marketing is more like a chef. Uh, yeah. You were an accounting major that almost minored in art. What was your minor? Uh, no minor, no, minor. Was just, no, minor, sure. just a business, just a business major. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I quickly figured out, Hey, look, accounting is the language of business. So it, it was, it was, it's been very valuable to me sure. and, um, and you know, I, I'm good with numbers and stuff like that, but it's just, it was too rigid. 
And I was much more of a creator and uh, that doesn't work too well. Creative, creative accounting isn't, is, is kind of an oxymoron. So um, yeah, so marketing was a way to um, take some of that, you know, knowledge and kind of background, uh, having the language of, of business in accounting and, um, and then using it to create things and do more strategy. Now, looking back at your resume, though, you've had, uh, you know, you've you've worked for some very prestigious corporations. So you've been a member of corporate America, so to speak, for, you know, your professional career. Do you, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you would ever want to leave uh, STG or anything like that. But what, I mean, have, do you, do you, have you ever thought about having a career outside of, outside of corporate America in a, in a much more, I mean, you have a lot of freedom in this job, which is cool. Which I'm yeah. sure it satisfies that itch or, 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 or yeah, satisfies that itch that you have. But do you think ever working outside corporate America would allow you to, you know, be even more creative? Again, I'm not, yeah. su- I'm not suggesting you quit your job. I want to yeah, make that no, clear. I mean, no, no, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, we all, a lot of us, I mean, certainly I do. I mean, it's, um, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, I guess, kind of pros and uh, to working at a big company. And there's also a lot of pros to working at, you know, kind of more of an entrepreneurial, a smaller company. And I, I've actually done the smaller, like right out of grad school, I worked for an entrepreneurial company and, um, and it was, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of work and, um, and I enjoyed it. So, you know, we'll see. I can't really predict the future because if I, if I, you know, obviously, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of a silly thing to say, but, um, uh, we'd make a lot of money at gambling at sports oh, now because it's we, legal. So yeah, if yeah, you ever get that yeah. superpower, let me know. Get, uh, get I me will in on let that. you know, but, um, but no, it's, it's, um, it's been a lot of fun and I, I couldn't really imagine that I took the path that I did to get to here, you know, to where I am now. So I, I can't really imagine the path where I'll go, but I, I love the cigar industry. I think I'll, you know, certainly stay in the cigar industry and um, we'll see what opportunities kind of come, come out of this um, long-term. But uh, this is a, this is a great company to work for uh, right now. I mean, uh, STG Scandinavian tobacco is, you know, in, in a growth mode, there's some tremendous amount of uh, brands to work on. And so there's a lot of, a lot of great tobaccos in our, our portfolio and, a lot of talented people to work with. So it's a great experience for me. I get to work with people like Justin Andrews, and Matt Booth, and, um, you know, Chris Tarr. And, and so, you know, the list goes on and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I'm learning every day and, um, yeah, it's, it's great. Next time I have you on, uh, uh Steve, we're going to figure out what it, the, what it takes, what kind of mental makeup it takes to wrangle those characters. Cause that's quite the <laughs> cast of characters that you work with on a daily. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. 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 When <laughs> I figure that out, I'll, yeah. I, when I figure that out, I'll let you know. That's <laughs> good. Well, Steve, again, uh, I know I've thanked you many times this evening, but I, I truly am grateful for the time that we've spent together. Uh, it's been such a wonderful conversation. I've learned so much about you and 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 uh, what you what you do there at General and and uh, uh, just the the work that you've done. I, I just want you to know how much I appreciate uh, the hard work that you do and 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 
and and recognize what uh, what a tremendous job that you've that you've done and uh um it's uh I'm 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 not putting the cigar down. We'll end this conversation and say goodnight because I know you got to get to work in the morning. But um, I'll be smoking it still because really enjoying it. It's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you're liking the cigar bear, and I really appreciate you know uh, you having me on. It was a pleasure talking to you. I love the things you're doing. Congratulations on 233 right under the belt. Um, but this is you know what you're doing here. It's great for I know your listeners. Uh, and great for the cigar industry because it pe- keeps people jazzed up about you know what's going on, gives them insight into you know pe- other people and kind of the people behind the brands and you know what's you know all the nuances of the cigar c- cigar industry. So it's just great, and um, and I appreciate you know what you're doing. So thank you again for having me on and. Um, you know, best of luck, and I know I'll, I'll cross paths with you here at the next, you know, next something or other down the road in the, in the sure. cigar, cigar, and our cigar journey here together. Absolutely. For everyone out there, thank you to our audience for tuning in tonight. And uh, if you're listening to us, wherever you listen to podcasts later on, you can tune in on uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you already are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my number so that I can get great guests like Steve here every week. Um, And uh, we do appreciate everyone. If you want to check us out on YouTube, we're there as well our LS Kumar channel. You can check a calendar of upcoming events on our Facebook page, which is where we broadcast every week uh, live on Sundays. Uh, Elos Fumar as well. And uh, again, really appreciate our guest tonight, Steve Abbott of General Cigar Company for, for being along with us. As always, my name is Barry Duplissy and we are here live at the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.